All right, so this morning we've got uh, six babies to give thanks for, but only five sets of parents. Ah, ah, ah. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let me explain. So, uh, Jess and Ollie will be coming, bring in Kaylin. Sarah and Steve Tizard with Reuben. Michael and Charlotte Tizard with Lily. Steve and Annabelle right with Elijah. But Wilco and Keisha with Ezra and Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys like to kind of come up and then... Uh, uh... Annabelle, you were, um, you were already quite physically unwell. And during the pregnancy, that made that physical condition quite a lot worse than it already was, didn't it? Um, um, but while you were pregnant, some friends prayed with you that you would really hear God. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so um, when I did get pregnant, I was quite fearful because my other pregnancies had not gone so well and my health hadn't been great afterwards. Um, and uh, as um, uh, we had some friends around to pray for us, they prayed that I would hear God. And immediately what I heard God say was, child of restoration. Um, so... We prayed a lot about that, and it was God's promise, I think, for him, that that is something that God had for him, but also something that um, was for me as well, that God would restore uh, what had been lost, I guess, or, or restore my health in that. And as you were kind of seeking God's word, you, other things came to you as well, didn't they? Yeah, so um, we had several prophecies. So when Mohammed Niku was here, um, he had a prophecy for Elijah. He told me I was carrying a boy, <laughs> which was a little surprise. <laughs> um, and he turned out to be another boy. Um, but he prophesied a really similar thing um, about him bringing restoration. Um, uh, and I'd had another, I'd Skype called Bethel to get them to pray for me um, in the healing rooms again because I really wanted... Uh, not to have a pregnancy, not to have the effect that was expected. Um, and the guy there, instead of just praying, had also prophesied and basically said exactly the same um, thing. Um, and so we, uh, that's partly why we named him Elijah Raphael, um, which means Yahweh is my God who heals and restores. So um, we're just really thanking God that that is, um, that he blessed us with Elijah and that he's got an exciting um, promise for Elijah in that, but also for us. Yeah. Isn't that fabulous? God knows exactly what we need, and he knew that you just needed to hear him at that point. And we really give thanks for Elijah. Brilliant. <laughs> Jess? Jess, now for you, the pregnancy was a really worrying time, wasn't it? Tell us a bit more. Um, so we had already lost two babies, um, and I was just really scared that we were just going to lose him. Um, and we waited a long time to have, to have a baby. <laughs> but you were telling me you really felt God's assurance this time, didn't you? Yeah, I felt like he was protecting us, protecting him, protecting me. And everything was going to be all right. And he was going to be fine. And now you've got a little, well, quite big, actually, eight months old. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylin, how would you describe Kaylin? Kaylin is very happy um, and he laughs a lot and. <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's usually very happy and um, just really lovely and healthy, yeah. yeah. 
It's not going to laugh on demand. Okay. Um, now, very recently, actually, not long ago at all, you moved here from, from just near Oxford. Why did you move? Um, we want a stable community for our family um, and a loving environment. Um, good role models and our family are here. And um, really feel at home here for all of us. What are you thanking God for today? Um, we thank God that he is happy and healthy and makes us laugh every day and, and brought us closer together. We're very excited. Brilliant. Thank you. Now, Sarah, you were telling me that in your first pregnancy with Emily, you, um, you really struggled. Um, you felt unsupported kind of during the pregnancy by, by the medical staff and also suffered later with some depression. Um, but now you've had Reuben. Things were quite different this time, weren't they? Yeah, so um, after we had Emily, I was very anxious and um, just found life really difficult. And I spoke to a few different people, like my midwife and health visitor, and none of them were very supportive and they were a bit dismissive and just said it was kind of normal, but I, it didn't feel right. Um, and then when we were going to have Reuben, I was worried it would happen again, so we really prayed that um, everything would be really different. Um, and when on the day he was born, when we had Emily, I lost two nights of sleep because I was in labour and then she was born in the middle of the night. But with Reuben, he was, um, I went into labour when I woke up in the morning and he was born by lunchtime. And um, just, um, yeah, just... He was feeding really well, and, and I managed to sleep when he was sleeping to start with, and it was all really good to start with. But then um, a week after he was born, I just woke up and I just felt the same feelings again, like completely miserable and, and really anxious again. You went to the doctor? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I spoke to my midwife, who this time was really, really helpful and supportive and just lovely, and she said, um, get to the doctor straight away, you need to get treated straight away, this sounds like depression, but you will get better Loads of people have it, don't worry. Um, and I went to the doctor and had the same thing again. He was really supportive this time. Um, said, um, yeah, it's a common thing. Look, you've got these lovely children, you'll be fine. And I could believe them as well. The, with Emily, I couldn't... I knew she was cute and lovely because everyone told me she was, but I didn't really feel it. Um, for a while, it took me quite a while to, to really um, yeah, have that feeling. With, with Ruben, when he was born, I just loved him straight away. And both of them, I knew I was really lucky to have them. And, and I could... Even though I felt awful, I, I didn't have the bad thoughts. I, I still could think, actually, everything's fine. I just feel bad. You're saying to me, it's almost like this time it healed that previous experience because you saw God in it. Yeah, so it was almost like... Um, I, I had some counselling afterwards and um, I, I was speaking to her and I was saying to her, actually, I'm kind of glad in a way that I did have it again because it meant that I could stop blaming myself for how I was after Emily because I felt after I'd Emily, had Emily that I just didn't cope with it very well, that um, it was kind of my fault. I just, you know, I wasn't ill. I just didn't deal with having babies very well. Whereas um, getting ill again made me see that actually it was just an illness. Um, that's just what happened. And um, I could kind of heal, like be healed from the previous time as well. And yeah, <laughs> and um, it kind of, yeah, it's given me a, um, a really good compassion for others. And it, it's made me, um, I feel like it's a good thing to have gone through because now I, I know what it's like and... Um, so many people do go through it and don't talk about it and are not open about it and I think um, I need to kind of 
I just feel like it's my thing to kind of talk about it so others can be open with me and, and that they can know that they're not alone as well, because, yeah. Stephen, your turn, because you're not doing anything there. Um, <laughs> now, apart from you, it's just been sick. Um, we asked you if there were any particular needs that you wanted us to pray for. Now, when Reuben gets a cold, he's been getting very, very poorly, hasn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's, um, well, he's sort of almost had a cold since he was born or lots of several different ones but we have we've been to A&E three times with it because he's had he has lots of trouble breathing when he's actually got a cold viral induced wheezing they called it so you'd like to see God break through on that what are you guys thankful for um what are we thankful for <laughs> we're thankful Shall I ask Sarah Thanks for the <laughs> we're thankful that he's a very happy baby and very relaxed. And even when we were in A&E last week, um, the doctor was saying, well, he's a happy weezer. And he was laughing at her and smiling. A happy weezer? She's <laughs> like, well, he's wheezing, but he's happy. He's fine. So, yeah, he's just very relaxed and happy and joyful. So, yeah. And I want to thank God for bringing these guys through the storm, really. Bringing them through, bringing them out the other side and making them different people. Fabulous. Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> We have Keisha and Wilco with Gabriel and Ezra. Um, Wilco, when you first discovered that you were both expecting twins, what was your reaction? Um, well, when I told us the news, we just burst out laughing. <laughs> um, but we really got a sense of joy out of it, thinking God is going to stretch us. It's going to be a difficult time, but God will show us the way through. Um, and... One of the things I was, I was felt to do, I opened the Bible and read Psalm 139 and uh, read that bit that says, God knows him before, um, before they were even in the womb, and where he knit them together. So from, from their point of view, God knew these two already before, before we all fell pregnant. That was really significant. Isha, particular things you want to give thanks for? I'm particularly thankful that um, we weren't planning any more children and it's these two have just arrived and... It's just more than double the joy. It's just total happiness in my family. You were saying about the challenge, about how good it is to have a little bit of a challenge in life, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, because we're, we're so, well, I would say stretch of capacity almost. Um, it, we have no choice but to look to God for provision now and for, for help and guidance and, and just to have faith in him. So it is, it's, it's a no-brainer to just focus ourselves and our eyes on him. Particular things you're looking to God for? Um, just that he will... He, he's promised that we, we won't go through more than we have. We will be equipped. So we weren't expecting it, and we are already equipped with what we're dealing with. And, yeah, continuation of that for the family. Um, yeah. And You've got a little concern about Ezra, haven't you, in terms of muscle tone? Yeah, um... He's been in and out of hospital since birth, um, but um, most recently the doctor was concerned about his muscle tone. Um, he, yeah, he's been referred to pediatrics, so we're praying that he will be fine. Something we'll pray for as well. Thank you, guys. Charlotte, about a year after Atty was born, you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, you thought maybe that might mean that you had to stop at one child, didn't you? Yeah, so um, 
I had to start taking medication that means you, you definitely can't have children on it. Um, and, you know, we'd, I'd really wanted to have children close together, so it was a bit of a, a blow. And we really didn't know how, you know, we'd, you knew I had, we knew I'd had to keep taking them, but we didn't know for how long. So we kind of had to come to resolve that maybe one was, that was it, and that was enough. And then you started to have some other side effects with those drugs, so you came off them. Yeah. So about, um, uh, was it a year or two years? I can't remember. Um, a year after that, um, I started to have some side effects that meant I had to stop taking them anyway. So we decided that that was our window to, to try and have another child. And we did. <laughs> okay, you've also got type 1 diabetes. And towards the end of the pregnancy, um, they had a number of concerns about Lily, didn't they? Yeah, so one of the things with diabetes is that the babies um, will eat up any extra sugar you've got going around your blood. Um, so we had a scan at 32 weeks, and they basically said, wow, she's absolutely immense, <laughs> um, and we'll have to deliver her early, um, and you'll need lots of extra scans. Um, and they said, the, the words of the consultant to me were, she's not the kind of baby you're just going to be able to take home. They thought she'd have to go to... Um, the, the baby intensive care and that she might have problems with her blood sugars. So, yeah. Possibly jaundice as well, wasn't it? And what actually happened? Uh, well, she was born um, just before 37 weeks and without any issues, no problems with blood sugars or breathing or anything. A tiny bit of jaundice, but that cleared quickly. So she was... Yeah, we brought her straight home. Yeah, I mean, we're really thankful that we were able to take her straight home and that, that God really showed us his goodness in that. Um, we're also thankful for what God's showing us through the challenges that are faced through, I know, Lottie's two lovely long-term conditions that she's got. We're really looking to God for healing for that. Um, but we're really thankful that he's good, and that's the truth of it, and he's showing us that on a day-to-day basis. And so that's what we're thankful for. And you've named her Lily Grace. Yeah, so um, I really wanted to have Grace as her middle name <clears throat> because um, we really feel like she's his grace to us. He's, she, she's um, his generous gift for us, for our family. Yes. <clears throat> That's great. Thank you very much. Right, we're going to take, <coughs> take a time now to pray um, and prophesy. Let me just explain. Um, of course, uh, we follow biblical practice, so there's no question of baptizing babies, or we don't see anything about christening or anything like that in the Bible, but we certainly see about Thanksgiving. And so we're going to take opportunity to give thanks um, at this time and uh, to recognize God's goodness in this. Now, at the same time, um, we're going to uh, express two other things. We give thanks as we pray. We're also going to pray uh, for God's protection over the babies and for wisdom for the parents and the challenge of bringing up uh, children. And at the same time, we're going to express that we are, as a family, a community, uh, express our commitment. So it has three very meaningful elements. And what we ask is that each couple invite somebody that 
represents the community to them to come and stand with them. Uh, not a godparent, the godparents are the parents. They're the ones that God's chosen. Uh, but to, just to represent the community. So I think if you guys would come now together with the person that's going to be standing with you. In a moment, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to further participate uh, because this is a key time where we expect that God may speak something prophetically, either over the child or to the parents. And I know that particular people have already uh, been waiting on God for that. But as other people uh, have something, you may not get a chance, if there's too many people, to come and say it. But I'll tell you a very, very important thing, whether you do or not, take the trouble to write it down and give it to them. It's very, very key. So can you all participate in this? Yeah? yeah. Do you know what I'm asking you? Do I need to say it again? Yeah? No? You sure? What are we going to participate in? The praying and listening to God. Yeah? Okay. All right. Are we all here? Yes. Good. All right. Now, there's one other thing. Those of you that are standing there with the parents... Uh, in particular situations, whether it's for the parent or the child, there's a need to see some further healing. And I want you to, as you lay hands, to be also laying on hands for healing according to that biblical direction. Okay? All right. Can we all stand together for this bit so we can join in together and pray? Okay. What a privilege, Lord, to be celebrating the birth of these precious children. The gift, every good gift we recognize comes from you. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you grateful thanks. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just lift up our thankfulness to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for what we've already heard of the testimonies of your grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And again, we say every good gift comes from you. Demonstrates your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, as a family, as representatives of you, joined together by your love, we can come together and celebrate and join in this time of, of thankfulness for your great goodness. <clears throat> and Lord, as we do that now, we pray your protection over these precious children. Lord, we thank you for the parents, but we recognize that you can provide protection even beyond anything that they can do. 
And Lord, we commit them to you and we pray at this time that you would rest your protection upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, we give you thanks that we could, in a serious and careful moment, before you express our commitment to these children, to these parents. Lord, grant to the parents great wisdom, great understanding, great insight in these days. Lord, we dare to believe that in these times of great gift and great goodness that you are building for a time which is to come and that these lives will count significantly for you and for your purpose in coming days. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of solemnly expressing our commitment. Represents your heart. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Take opportunity now to bring things that you've got. God reminded me of the scripture in Isaiah 41 where he's speaking about himself and declares himself to be the one who calls forth the generations. Calls forth the generations. And I believe that's a word over our church and a word for you. That Lord says that he was with them from the first and with the last. I am he. Calling forth generations. Specifically, God just stirred me up to speak to... Michael and Charlotte about Lily Um, and spoke to me from Philippians but God talking about creating in her a pure heart enabling her to shine like the stars in the universe a phrase that Paul uses and as a family God wants to call you to a place of magnifying and meditating his word because something very specifically he has for her is to cause a richness in the word of God, to be a real source in her future. And from this inheritance, to manifest the word of life and walk in wisdom with cutting insights and a knowledge of truth and a capacity to overflow in spiritual connection. And the, the, what I could see in my mind was um, a bit like the effect of a spotlight on a stage being over someone, how the pool of light comes out, except this time it wasn't from outside, it was from inside, that she was emanating a pool of light from within, and that was going to have such an impact of a bringer of truth and wisdom to the people that are in her sphere as she grows up. Um, and the other thing was for the twins that God wanted to remind us that we can expect an anointing on our children from the beginning. It's not about, oh gosh, when they're filled with the Spirit and it's all coming in the future, that there's an anointing from the beginning of brotherly love, which is something more than just, oh, twins, deep connection and all of that. So uh, God wanting to bring and create in them a deep compassion Um, and creating them a security in their completeness in him. So that as they grow, they'll be a really unusual operating from God's resources. 
and a place of deep connection and relationship. So for Ezra particularly, there were some words that I felt God was speaking over him. Mercy giver, creator and facilitator of forgiveness, a real forgiving person and a bringer of peace. And over Gabriel, grace, a helper, a coach, and that being alongside brother. God has prepared these children already. I saw them standing on an airplane, ready to jump out of the plane with parachutes attached. And that light going from a red to a green. And like Julie said, they're already prepared. They already have his anointing upon them. And the lights turn green and they're jumping out. And as they jump out, they can see the land. They can see everything beneath them. And then I had a funny thing of them sort of running in the air. And as they're floating towards the ground and looking out on everything, they're running already. So that when they hit the ground, they're already off. There's no standing around. They know exactly which direction they need to go in. And God's prepared a specific thing for each of them. And it's almost that sense of they've already seen it. Right at this young age, they already know what they're called to do. And he's going to bring that to pass. So at this moment in time, it's just that encouragement that the light is already green. They've already seen what they're going to do. And they're already prepared and running and ready to go as soon as they hit the ground. Yeah. Um, and Keyshawn will go speaking and they're talking about not expecting the twins and believing in God for provision. Um, it just brought back to mind that scripture in Proverbs that talks about a good person leaves an inheritance to their children, children. And I think that's applicable to all the families here. And we 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 looking for that spiritual provision. Yeah. Um, the lives of these kids will not be determined just by the quality of food or the quality of or the depths of your financial ability to provide for their education or whatever the case is. It's the wisdom, it's the values that you're able to give these kids. And those things come from God. So I just want to pray for that for, for yourselves, that as parents and as those who are standing with you, you'll be able to, to see into those lives and to pr- provide the richness that God has for those kids. So God, we thank you. And Father God, we thank you, God, that life is not about the abundance of things that we possess in the earth, but it's, a God, about our ability to connect to you and to have divine insight into the destiny of our lives. Father God, as these parents have said, you have seen them before they were born. But, oh God, you see the beauty of their life. You see the accuracy of their walk. Father God, you see the grace that you desire to bestow upon them so that they can be, oh God, your representatives in the earth. And I thank you, O God, that even in the trying moments, just as in the trying pregnancies and deliveries, O Lord God, when the storms of life come, give them clarity of sight that they can lock into you and make you their all-consuming resource. Father God, may you go beyond their expectation and show them, O God, that you are indeed valiant. That you are indeed faithful to your word. That you are indeed, O God, great and mighty. And I say, O Lord God, let these ambassadors grow, O God, in seasons to come. To declare your glory. To declare your wonder. And, O God, to make you a praise in the earth. I thank you for your goodness, God. Bless your name. Okay. Thank you very much. Don't forget, if you've got something that you want to bring that you've not already done so, make sure you write it down so that we get... And families get the benefit of that. So we've already been saying about children, uh, every good gift comes from God. And that children are the gift of the Lord. Yes? That's what the Bible says. 
I know sometimes it doesn't entirely feel it, but <laughs> children are the gift of the Lord. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, Jesus focused on the children at particular times in significant ways. When they thought he was a bit overloaded and the disciples tried to uh, steer the children away, you know, don't bother him, you know, it's kind of... Uh, levels of importance here and you don't really rank uh, he's intervened he said no no let the children come to me don't hinder them because he went on to say something else because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these and from the lips of children there's another time when there was a bit of a complaint and the children were basically uh in a childlike way, uh, worshipping in the, in the uh, appropriate place. And uh, there was a bit of a complaint about it. And he said, no, 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 have you not read that from the lips of children and infants I have ordained praise? But I wanted to um, just draw your attention, particularly for you parents, but actually for all of us because we're sharing in this as a community together. And as I was thinking about this, um, you know, we've referred before that God had to correct the children of Israel uh, through Moses. Uh, and uh, they were saying, you know, it's, uh, if I kind of put it into the modern thing, you know, it's a... It's a grim place to be bringing up children you know you've got all the different problems and are they going to be in the EU or out of the EU and you've got terrorism and ISIS and abuse and bullying and corruption and and uh, an economic situation which means that we should leave our children and grandchildren in debt forever. and I mean, just a whole mess of things. And really, the children of Israel were doing something kind of like that, saying, oh dear, they're really going to be, uh, it's a terrible place, a terrible time, terrible situation. And God said, just, to, just let me adjust you. He said, these little ones that you're declaring as victims... I have actually ordained that they are those who will inherit the earth. And I think it's very important in these times that we, we're aware of all that's going on, aware of all the challenges, and just if we pick up the tone of the prophetic words that we've heard already today, I think we, have, we hear that God is saying, hang on a minute, I have a different plan. Not that they should be submerged under the prevailing situation, but that they should be appointed and anointed to be those who uh, inherit the land, those who bring forth something of what I'm like and my purpose in the earth. And when we stand here, we give thanks for the children, we pray over the children, it's not a kind of, Oh, God, will you just keep them from harm? That's part of it. But far more than that, we're saying, Lord, will you cause them to fulfill 
the very destiny that you have already ordained, that they should be opinion formers, that they should be those who take a lead. Uh, through them, your powerful, godly emphasis and your purpose will be sown into the earth. And so I want to just take a moment just to bring a couple of things about expectations and then uh, we have some other things that we need to move on to do. In, uh, in 1 Samuel, there's the story of uh, the prophet uh, Samuel coming and he'd been sent by God uh, to anoint one of Jesse's sons uh, for all his God's purpose in the future. And uh, so he arrives there and uh, Jesse calls his sons and of course he calls the eldest one first and the prophet looks at him and he thinks, oh yeah, I can see, I, I can see this is going to be the one. And then he hears God and God says to him, no, no, this ain't the one. So then it goes right through the different sons. And he says on the way, he said, you know, uh, man looks on the outward appearance, but I look on the heart. And then he, he said, no, none of your sons. That, that God has sent me to anoint, but I don't know, I don't see anyone I can anoint. Don't you have any more? Oh, well, yeah, the, the youngest one. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's out looking after the sheep. I mean, you know, it's just it's what you would do with the youngest one. There's not a lot of point. And at that point in time, he said, no, no, fetch him. I just, when I was thinking about this, I, you know, we've got to make sure that our expectations line up with God's. And I want to encourage parents and those of us that would be committed to supporting them. Let's not focus on the natural. I know there are things, there's, you think about the future for children and career and education and marriage and all these sort of things. But what about, what is God saying? What is the expectation that God is speaking about for your child, for our children at this time? And it feels to me, in all that God is saying and doing, that this is a time when we've got to be tuning in beyond the natural into expectation that God is speaking. That he might be, that we might focus and line up with his expectation. You see, Jesse had very little expectation because he was the youngest and there were others that were grown up. But God had a different purpose and God sometimes has a, a different way. So let's be looking for what God sees. And consistent with that, and we've heard some things uh, in the prophetic today, but I think it's a very, very good thing to... Uh, look to God for what is God saying over my child or for us to be saying what is God saying over this child who we are expressing commitment to so that that becomes a kind of 
beacon light, a guiding principle, an expectation, a focus of prayer that we pray in to what God is saying uh, over those days that come in the future. Then there was another little story that came to mind. And this was the story of, many of you will know, when Jesus performed that miracle of feeding the 5,000 and a very, very dramatic sort of uh, miracle. And you may recall that he sent his disciples to see if anybody had any food, having had a debate with them about how they were going to do it. And they found this boy that had his lunch with him. And I thought, hmm, we never kind of think much more about that because obviously there's this amazing miracle that takes place. But here was a parent who somehow, I don't know what their expectations were, but somehow they were preparing, they were supporting, providing lunch, allowing, sending off their child in a particular direction. It doesn't say that they were with them or we don't know whether the parents were there or not. But somewhere they had picked up and they were giving their support to help their child move into a particular direction. Now, we don't even know what the child was called. But here we are, a couple of thousand years later, talking about somebody who participated and was quite a key player, if you like, in one of the things that we talk about for years and years. I wonder what they felt. I wonder if they had taught the child to be prepared to share what he had or be willing to give what he had. We don't know any of that. Uh, We can surmise that. But there's certain qualities, preparations. Whether they ever expected, I doubt, that he would be used in such a way. How could you? Because who knows there's going to be a miracle like that. But they were, what shall I say, pushing or promoting in a particular direction consistent with seeking to do the best for their child. So expectations. And uh, let's, let's stick with that and stand with that so that we don't get caught up with the, the kind of limited mentality of this world um, where expectations often focus on a kind of earthly or material level. And of course, um, I'm pleased to say that expectations and all the things I'm talking about are shared not only with the parents but with the grandparents Uh, because I have to remind you that grandchildren are the crown of the aged. Which applies to some and not others of us. Young Ling Coles. All right, so... We give God thanks. We recognise this is a, a time of, uh, of celebration, uh, but a time when we can focus our expectations, uh, whether it's family or whether we're part of God's family 
or whether we're the uh, direct parents of the children we're giving thanks for today.